paranormal perception is made possible with support from Unearthing the Supernatural. They're a team of Native American paranormal investigators, and you can watch their investigations on their YouTube channel. Just look for Unearthing the Supernatural. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the upcoming Season 3 episodes. Paranormal Perception is produced by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC. Life is about choices. Good choices. Terrible choices. Here's another one. This is Paranormal Perception. On this show, paranormal doesn't mean only ghosts or haunted locations. Paranormal defines the reality we all find ourselves in. Today. Right now. Scary? Yes. But it doesn't have to be. Unknown? For some, listening to this show will give you a new perception on the paranormal. Is that something you want? Or do you only want to hear stories about things that go bump in the night? Again. And again. It's your choice. In three, two, one. What is real? How do you define real? Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? This show is your red pill for all topics in the paranormal. Parapsychology, demons, disclosure, restless souls, conspiracy revelations, prophecy, cryptocurrencies, strange creatures, the metaverse. This is the world that you know. This is your guide through the new normal for the new decade. On this show, paranormal doesn't just mean things that go bump in the night. It means a new perception on the paranormal. A paranormal perception with Henry San Miguel. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Paranormal Perception. So before we get to the guest this week, it's going to be an interesting one. Before we get to the guest, a couple of things I want to tell you. Number one, I've decided that this year, this is this is the year. This is the year that I open up Paranormal Perception to show sponsors and also the advertisers. And you heard the first one, Unearthing the Supernatural. They're the new show sponsor for, for this year. We can get more than not just for them. It's not exclusive to Unearthing. But if you want your product, your book, your, you have an event, a paranormal event coming up, get it in front. Uh, well, at least in the ears of a paranormal audience here on Paranormal Perception. It's grown a lot in the, in the last year, especially with the topics that I'm covering now. It's really, the audience has really, really grown a lot. So. If you have paranormal, obviously, supernatural, the occult, esoteric topics, if you write books, whatever it is, you have an event, you have a product, a company, anything, go ahead and use Paranormal Perception to get the message out. Go to the website, paranormalperception.show, look at the ad rates. We can work with you on coming up with something original. We can work with your budget even if we have to. We just want to give you a platform where you can get the word out so you help us a little bit by us helping you out a lot, getting the word out to uh, potential customers. The other thing is I'm also looking for not not the same, although there's a little bit of crossover, looking for big sponsors for Orange County Paracon this year. It's, we're going to do it. No matter what, nothing is going to stop us. We're going to do it in person. So come October, 
You're gonna meet. A, I'm gonna get to meet a lot of you in person. You'll get to meet myself and a lot of the uh, the guests that you hear on the show. You'll get to meet them and hear from them and get to share your ideas, hear some of their ideas, buy their products, or or just get to know them. But I do want some big, big sponsors for that. So the more sponsors we have backing us, the bigger Orange County Paracon can be. So go to paranormalperception.show, go to the OC Paracon page. There's emails there. You can go to the OC Paracon website, ocparacon.com. Both of them get you there. If you want to be or if you know of someone that should and could be a big sponsor for Orange County Paracon, have them do that. So now let's get to today's guest. But before we do that, you know what we got to do. It's a new feature. A lot of you emailed last week. You liked it. Let's take a look at the paranormal world. Take a 360 view at the paranormal world that we all live in. Paranormal Perception 360. Ground temperatures climbed above 129 degrees in parts of Argentina this week as the country suffers through a shockingly hot start to their summer. Copernicus's Sentinel-3 satellite recorded the extreme ground temperatures. Those temperatures are different from air temperatures, which is our usual way of conveying how hot a place is. The surface of the Earth tends to be hotter than air temperatures, given that heat can more easily dissipate in the air. But air temperatures are still pretty unbearable in Argentina. On Tuesday, temperature rose to 106.7 degrees in Buenos Aires, the second highest reading in the city in more than 100 years of records. Other parts of the country saw temperatures as high as 113 degrees Fahrenheit. The heat was so bad in Argentina that it was briefly the hottest place in the world, surpassing parts of Australia that usually have that honor during Austral summer. If you do a search for a Mothman, you'd probably get Point Pleasant, West Virginia. That's the home of the original and the most famous sightings of in 1966 and 67. But what location would be number two? Well, a strong case could be made for Chicago, Illinois. It's had steady, a steady stream of winged humanoid reports since 2011, with peak activity in 2017 in both urban and suburban areas, including O'Hare International Airport. The latest at O'Hare illustrates how serious these sightings are being taken. The witness, an airline employee, claims that he was threatened with termination if he went public with it. Nevertheless, an anonymous American Airlines worker reported the sighting to Manuel Navarrete's UFO clearinghouse site with the date of sighting being December 30th, 2021 at approximately 11.30 p.m. Central Time. A maintenance crew reported seeing three winged humanoids over an American Airlines hangar at O'Hare International. The report stated there were three large black creatures over by the parking lot. They were about seven feet tall and they were just staring right at us. One of them opens what looked like large black wings and shoots off onto the sky, followed by the others, all three making a sort of screeching sound as they take off. A few seconds later, a security vehicle comes screaming up through the driveway and stops and some white chubby security person runs out with his flashlight and starts checking the area. One of the supervisors came up to us and told us to stop recording and to put our phones away or she would report us to our supervisor. Now apparently, O'Hare Airport has been covering up incidents like this for many, many years now. A team from the University of Florida found that meditation and yoga programs, or inner engineering practices, dramatically boost the body's immune system. Their work focused on patients practicing these techniques intensely, meditating for over 10 hours a day for over a week. 
meditation retreats have become increasingly popular over the past few years and as, as more people look to take a break from their busy schedule and spend time alone with their thoughts. While the positive effects of meditation are well documented, far less is known about how it affects biological processes at the molecular level. Now, scientists found spending a week in silent meditation appears to hold genetic benefits that help combat life-threatening diseases, including cancer and COVID-19. There's no denying that advancements in artificial intelligence are being made at breakneck speeds and that many of us will one day lose our jobs to a tireless machine. But I doubt anyone imagined prosecutors would find their jobs threatened by machines anytime soon. And yet, if Chinese researchers are to be believed, there's already an AI system that can replace human prosecutors to a certain extent and file a charge with over 97% accuracy. Despite its already impressive achievements, the AI prosecutor is already considered a controversial project by both experts and the general public. One major concern is AI bias, which plays a massive role in determining the outcome of various things. All you have to do is feed the machine biased information and you end up with a flawed AI that makes all sorts of questionable decisions. Legal experts are also wondering who will take responsibility if the AI ever makes a mistake. Despite its impressive 97% charging accuracy, there is always a risk of a mistake and no one really knows who's gonna take the blame. Well, that's a look at the paranormal world we live in. You see how paranormal isn't just ghosts and haunted houses? Next week, it's gonna be a little bit different and I'll leave it up to you to let me know whether you like it uh, not so much. Unearthing the Supernatural are a team of Native American investigators taught in the old ways of spiritual combat and healing. They answer the call from people and spirits who ask for their aid. Join them on their investigations and see the old ways of how the gifted communicate with the undead. But be warned, some investigations will be intense. Viewer discretion is advised. Visit youtube.com slash unearthing the supernatural to learn more about the team, watch seasons one and two, and the upcoming new episodes for season three. In the words of Hero, one of the founding members, We are unearthing the supernatural. We are few of many. One story of thousands. Let us hear yours. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please be seated? Our program is about to resume. Paranormal Perception with Henry San Miguel. This week's guest, Status Truth Seeker, he's a visionary hip hop artist, author, and speaker, and it's all he's also the host of the Truth Seeker podcast. It's a weekly show that discusses spiritual, esoteric, and metaphysical topics, and it's designed to help you grow on your spiritual journey. You can find everything on the show description, have it linked on there. Truth Seeker, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, I'm well, man. Thanks for having me. Thank thank you for coming on. So let, let's start with your with your with your story first of all, before we get into everything else. 
And similar to mine, I've said on the show many times, your paranormal experience started like like me when I was four years old. I had mine when I was four also. But tell us yours. What happened to you when, when you were four years old? Yeah, I trace everything back to that encounter, at least a staple in my life. But uh, I remember waking up in the middle of the night with these two shadow beings in my room on top of me in my bed, pinning me, pinning me down to my bed. And so I woke up with these two big shadows on each side of my chest. And I don't know if I couldn't move. I know I was too scared to move. I was too scared to to breathe even. I wanted to pretend like I was still awake because I didn't want these things to know that that I was awake and I didn't want to see them. And so I was terrified. And so I woke up and had that experience and, um, and other experiences after that that were really um, similar. But I feel like that opened up a door for me um, as it became an adolescence and a teenager having sleepovers with with my cousins and friends and we tell ghost stories and I try to find ways to kind of weave that experience in as a seeker trying to hey have you guys ever woke up and seen something in your room and obviously asking the questions you're going to start getting different answers from people and so that's what kind of was the staple early on for me getting into um, spirituality the paranormal metaphysics religion all of that stuff now, I've heard you tell the story on other shows and on some of your own podcasts, but one thing that nobody's asked, so I'll ask you now, is if you can remember back to, to that the first experience, did, could you feel their weight on you? Or did, it, did it look like a real person? How, how, how do you remember them? Um, I remember them as being two round shadows. Um, I, I, you know, I want to say it felt furry. I, you know, I can't, it was just this, this heavy weight, like two animals almost on each side, literally on my shoulders. So yeah, I felt the the weight being pressed down into the bed. And they were, um, if I'm a a kid, I would say maybe uh, 10 inches, at at least above my chest, like on top of me. And uh, yeah, one on each side. And it was just this, you know, waking up in sheer terror. Yeah. But when you when you say above you, were they were they floating above you or, or just no? Like, like, actually, actually, like, on like you? an a, like an animal or something laying on each side of my chest, yeah, okay. on my shoulders. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, most people, most normal people, I'll say, they would run. I mean, when you're a kid, you, you, like like you, like you, I that's what I did. I put the blank, blankets over my head, and I I don't want <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with it. Yeah. But after that, like you. That started my interest in wanting to know what was that? What did I see? Why did I see it? All of that. Most normal people, like I said, they they would run for the hills. Nah, I don't want nothing to do with that. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. No. I mean, what is it about about you? You think that made you curious about what you saw or what it was, rather than run away from it? Well, I think you know, as a kid, it was almost like an an out of sight, out of mind thing. I don't know if I mentioned it to my family, but it wasn't like a big deal until later, until again, having sleepovers and people are telling ghost stories. And I'm like, Hey, I got a ghost story for you, like a real story, you know? And so, uh, just being, you know, inquisitive, wanting to know more and, um, and hearing other people's takes. And, and, uh, I didn't know that there was a a field for this, you know, and I, I heard stories from my cousins and stuff that would say they, would wake up and see like um, the man with a top hat. Like I remember hearing that from my cousin who I don't believe was influenced by anybody. We were, we were children and sharing these stories. And then as I'm getting into this field, that's a common occurrence. This man with a top hat watching you sleep or coming into your room. 
So just, you know, just the pieces of the puzzles and and being a a seeker, you know, knowing that something exists beyond our our realm of existence, it it definitely intrigued me to ask those deeper questions. To Jay right now, do do you, when do you see, when or how did it happen? When do you see yourself as truly beginning that journey into research and wanting to find out what all this was? Um, man, you know, every, every experience I would say took me a little deeper, you know, and then even movies, you know, of the paranormal or uh, ufology early on that would intrigue me and scare me. Um, so I think horror movies had, had something to do with it and, and, and supernatural thrillers and stuff like that. But when it shifted for me was when I became a practitioner, for sure. Like as a teenager getting into witchcraft and that's when things kind of shifted, getting into the dark arts, getting into music that talked about this stuff and, and movies that, uh, you know, presented it in, in, in a light that, that you can, maybe try to reach out to that being that was in your room when you was a kid, you know, so doing conjurations and, and reading uh, all types of occult books and stuff. So that's when, I, that's when things shifted for sure as, as a teenager. And I would say I was just getting into that and 12, 13, 12, 13 years old. And, uh, and then started having more experiences when I took a step in that direction. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second bit. Before we do though, why do you what do you think this is your opinion on i mean uh, or you may you may have an answer because of your research mm-hmm. i mean wh- why do you think some people have experiences like you did and i did and others that listen to the show we seem to have it's like we're a magnet they always, mm-hmm. they always seem to come to us but others don't they they not just because they don't believe but they just never have any experiences why do you think some people do and others don't have supernatural experience man so you got a couple of different things as the, 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 the people who do and the people who don't. Um, and then you got the, the notion of people who do have them. But again, like you said, they never speak of it again. You know, they don't want to look appear crazy. They question their sanity. All of this stuff comes into play. And so you're kind of taking a risk if you was to seek it or even talk about it. So, you know, in, in many of these experiences I've had, I, I, I was not by myself. There was other people with me who've had, who saw entities, who saw beings, and, and they never speak about them. And I'm writing books and I'm on your podcast right now, you know, so what is it inside of an individual that would want to, uh, to share these stories? Many skeptics will say, you know, that you have something to gain. And, and essentially I do. I mean, I, I have a book out, you know, so I can't say that at this point, it's something that I'm just sharing as an experiencer. So it is coupled with a book. It is coupled with, with research and, I have music that talks about this stuff. So, but what is the, you know, the reason that you're a conduit? Um, man, there, I think with my research, there's so much that comes into play and there's so many reasons, you know, as a, as a kid, I look back at my life when I was four and my mom and my dad would have these huge parties and all of these different people were in and out of our homes and there's drug use, there was cocaine. Um, I remember talking to people, just random, like people in the house, old people in mid conversation, and they would fall out of their chair in a drunken stupor. And I mean, there was this huge party. So I think that that kind of energy in my home, you know, and these people carry spirits. These people may mess with your children in the night. There's so much that kind of goes into a concoction of why we'll say people may be targeted. 
you know, and that's just one scenario. We can look on, you know, into maybe some calling stuff or you're sent here to do greatness or whatever. I don't know whether it's just a, a bunch of things that kind of happen who that make you who you are today, which I'm, I'm cool with that versus saying I was sitting here by God to have these experiences or whatever. Um, you know, so it's really hard to say, but I think a lot of stuff comes into play about people who are open to it. And I do understand consciousness and what you're looking for. You find it. Once you start looking for this stuff, you're going to find it. I don't care what it is. I think that everything is real, uh, that, that we can think of in our imagination that we've seen in these movies. And I think that we can experience it, whether we create it or it exists into a, a realm that we are privy to simply because we believe it. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I, I'm going to have you talk about the, uh, the, the, the darker entities that, that have been around you and how you got into that. Before we get into that, though, I'm, I'm going to say if, if something is too personal, treat it like a press conference. Just say no comment. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, you dude, I'm an open book, bro. It's whatever. Yeah, you know? yeah. I kind of noticed that a little bit when when you talked about you know your party, your parents' parties, and what was going on. So, mm-hmm. go ahead and talk about how how all that started coming into your life and, and what happened. Yeah, well, again, I, I was a kid, you know, and so when you raise that, it's kind of normal, you know. These are just mom and dad's friends that are at the house and stuff, and um. But, but, you know, as far as creating a portal or attracting things in your life, for sure, you know, um, it, it definitely can do that. You know, I'm, I'm from New Orleans and, you know, uh, witchcraft was, was, was something normal, you know, even uh, by my grandmother and, and my mom. And I think even unknowingly, like they would do like uh, candle magic and, and burn candles to, uh, to get somebody to tell the truth to, attract lovers, like little mild stuff, but it was common uh, in New Orleans and in Homa. And so there was all of that stuff too. So they're burning red candles to cause harm, you know? And so if you're, if you're putting that negative energy out there to essentially summon an entity or a vibration or a ghost or bad luck, whatever you want to call it, all of those names are, uh, can apply um, I think that that you open up yourself to be visited by such spirits that you are um, asking to come into your life. You know, how, when and how did did music start to come into your life? So uh, music was definitely a form of escapism for me, you know, of being, uh, you know, lonely and uh, being, you know, very much in my head a lot as a kid and or being in a, a you know, f- feeling unloved or unnoticed or anything like that. Music was always a way of escape. So I can put on music and I can experience almost people like people would uh, talk about reading a book, how you can escape to this, this place in this realm. So I think I could like maybe live vicariously through people in the music. And I was very much infatuated with gangster rap early on through the influence of my brother and uh, metal rock and roll and stuff like that. So music was definitely a big, place of escape and, and comfort and, and, and wonder and even gang culture and, uh, you know, the hood watching gangster movies, like all that. I was very much intrigued with that lifestyle as a kid. So um, just awe and wonder and stuff that, that opened up for me um, with, with music. And my brother introduced me to all of that stuff, even when I was a little kid, you know. The music, rock music, and 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 you know, most most a lot of not all of it, but some music they always have some uh, some dark connotations, and people think it's satanic or whatever. I, I was just thinking when you were saying that, 
do you do you think that kind of like an abuser they for somehow they have this built-in radar they know who to, who to victimize for, for for whatever reason does music have that kind of power where they know like you were saying they know that there's something or someone mis- missing in your life and that this will will fill that void and bring you closer to, to the to the dark side so you're talking about the artist or spirits the, the spirits br- bringing the uh using music as, as yeah. a magnet to bring him in uh, to bring him in for sure i think there's a huge um connection with spirits and, and, and music and uh you know um musings and uh the type of music the style of music the the key of the music you know you can listen to a a, a, a song with like depressing lyrics but if it's tuned to 432 frequency you can listen to a depressing song but it'll actually make you feel lighter and uplifted so i think a lot of that stuff comes into play i am very much a a researcher of 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 the ancient art of music and music healing and, and sound frequencies and color and i'm reminded of the work of pythagoras who had that connection with with uh music and it having power over people and making people feel angry and and you know going into war there were certain music that that would be played and um the biblical teachings of people who were demonized uh saul king saul was demonized and vexed with the evil spirit and when king david would play the harp and play this soothing music it was the only place that he could find solace and that evil spirit would subside when this beautiful music was played so for that to be true the opposite has to be true as well there are certain types of music that you can play that would stir up anger and aggression and and emotions that not only people but spirits or essences if you will would be attracted to you just gave me a visual of athletes and we've seen them when you know when they're getting in the zone what what, whatever music they're listening to that's what gets them in there's kind of like what you're saying just got back from the gym man for sure yeah you know your workout playlist you know yeah. So when when you started writing your own music, was was it always as positive as what it is now, or did it ever have any dark tinges to it? It was always positive. Um, when I when I started making music, um, obviously I was influenced by a lot of dark music and gangster rap. But when I actually started making music, was around maybe two thousand and two, just getting in bands and stuff like that. But I'd already become a Christian at that point, so any music that I made or was a part of, it was definitely um, about my Christian experience and spiritual warfare and demons and stuff like that. So um, it's always been from a, a positive perspective. Did When that happened, when you started, because I know from experience and from talking to other people and the things that I've learned from people I consider my spiritual mentors, when you become uh, a, a, a positive force in the world, the, the other spirits, when they see that, they do everything in their power to snuff you out. Not yeah. to kill you, but just, just to prevent you from getting that positive mm-hmm. message out of you. Have you seen that increase in, in your life when you started making your positive music? Yeah, the transition for sure. hundred percent. Like when, when I was at my height in, in uh satanic witchcraft and all of that stuff, like there was a portal, man, there was contracts that were signed. There was, there were demons, man, actively present in, in my life and that would visit me and torment me and, and stuff like that. So Essentially, I would say God used those entities to chastise me and bring me back to him, you know, to show me the light that, that I knew was already there. But I, I had a I had a contrast. You know, I could choose life or choose death, choose positive or, 
you know what I'm saying? Negativity. And so, um, but when I made that decision, okay, I'm going to change my life. I have to, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to die. I'm going to go insane. Um, speaking and encountering these beings, like, yeah, when I made that decision, there was instant freedom. There was instant peace that came in my life because I knew that that thing, things were about to change for me. And I was at rock bottom, man. I was going schizophrenic. I had d- demons that would pull me into portals and talk to me, man. And I couldn't understand them. They were speaking foreign languages and messing with me and laughing in my soul. My mind was in constant torment. So when I made that decision to give my life back to Christ and say, you know what? I'm done with this, man. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a long, a long battle, you know, of, of spiritual warfare and renewing my mind. So, um, yeah, early on, it was really hard for sure. You probably noticed this. I've definitely seen this. I'd say in the last three, maybe, maybe five years, there seems to be an increase in people on purpose calling on darker entities, deities, whatever it is to help them out because of this, I need fame. I need that or whatever. And no matter what you try to tell them, they, they don't want to hear it. They, they, they don't, religion's not for me. None of that. I mean, to, to those people who are calling on those dark entities for their fame, their success, whatever. I mean, what message would you give to them? Yeah. I, I wouldn't recommend calling on or trying to approach any, any, you know, malicious entity that is a lot, older and a lot smarter than you. Um, you know, as far as working with, with beings and, and, and fame and, and all of that kind of stuff, like there's processes that, that you can go through. Um, but when you're dealing with malicious entities that are, that are trained in their very existence is to like deceive you like a poltergeist type of spirit and that need a body that need a host. And here you are open and vulnerable it never ends good, man. There's so many examples of people doing that and it never ending good. So um, when it comes to having an interest and an intrigue in, in, in the spirit world, I think that that's a God given thing. I think, you know, but when we approach it from maybe a, a Christian perspective or a biblical perspective, you know, it seems like that you can't do that anymore or it's forbidden. And there's all these other rules and stuff that come up that, that I think aren't true. I think that uh, that the Bible is full of instances with um, people uh, dealing with negative entities, but also positive beings such as angels and elementals and other beings that are here to assist and to uh, uh, equip and encourage and to minister to people. So you find what you're looking for. So that very notion of stepping out to this entity is evil, and I'm going to say hello. Like, in your mind, you're already crossing that threshold of come whatever may uh, dealing with anything lower natured or 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 wicked. And I definitely wouldn't recommend any of that. Yeah, to- totally agree with you. I mean, I-, I call them ancient. They've been here long before yeah. us. They'll be here long after we're yeah. long gone. So, yeah, I don't you don't want to mess with news. Uh, I mean, when you started when you started putting out your songs, your your albums, uh, everything out there, especially your friends. Because I assume they also were into the the darker hip hop the the that you mentioned right now. Was it easy to to get an audience for your music? Because people probably saw you as uh, as a, a certain kind of person because <laughs> of the music. But now you're doing this kind of music. Like, was it easy to get an audience when when you first came out with your music? So, like when I first started, it was straight like gospel rap, Christian rap, you know. And I put out a couple of projects. Um, and that my first album came out in 2006 called fight music. And, 
and I would perform at churches and stuff. And so, I mean, I would have an audience and it was a lot easier because I would be asked to come, you know, speak at churches and do music. And you got 300 kids there, you know, you got an audience and, and it's your goal to entertain them and do music. And so selling CDs and merch and all that was an easy way to, to get an audience early on. Um, but when my music started changing up and becoming more spiritual, you know, talking about angels or talking about uh, meditation and mindfulness and, um, and different philosophies kind of weaving that stuff within that I was experiencing, um, that fan base that I had built up in the Christian realm turned on me for sure. Like, uh, so it was hard, it was harder and I, I lost supporters. They thought I was a devil worshiper. They thought I had went back into, you know, witchcraft and, and I still get accused of all of that stuff, you know? So it was a hard journey for me. Um, but as far as finding an, an audience, um, it was something I was kind of laughed at and ridiculed, but it came back to, uh, to, I think, uh, to help me because I'm definitely reaching way more people, um, and, and people, you know, vibe with my music. It's, it's original, you know what I'm saying? It's different. Um, so, and I pride myself on that, you know, bringing something different to the, to the table. So, um, you, you have to find your audience. It's, it's a niche, you know, it's a, it's a certain, uh, people that, uh, that, that, that vibe to it. So, uh, um, I, I fell where I was supposed to be, but it never was a, a, an easy transition on, on any of it for real. Let me switch topics a little bit because, and, and I'll, I'll say, I just found out about you. I think I heard you a few weeks ago, um, on Coast to Coast is where I first mm-hmm. found out about you. And I was really interested in what you were saying. And I said, I, I got to find out more. And then I, I have to have you on the show and here you are. Well, one of the things that I, what I, as I was watching your videos and, and reading uh, everything on your sites, and for all of you listening, it's all linked up on the show description, um, is your take on UFOs or UAPs, I guess is mm-hmm. the new word for them. Uh, you have a little bit of a different take than what most people, how people see UFOs. So talk about that a little bit. So, you know, my, my um, experiences have been through, uh, through meditation, through prayer and, and contemplation and um, when I first started out, you know, I mentioned ufology as a kid and watching all of these like scary movies about abductions and the evil alien stuff. But um, when I got into my religious studies as a, as a believer, um, I started finding certain um, researchers and, and videos of people showing you Bible, uh, showing you UFOs in the Bible, or at least what could be UFOs. And it would uh, it would show them in this beautiful light of, of, of the angels. Right. And so the angels that would communicate with the children of Israel that were a cloud by day and a, a fire by night, that the, this aerial phenomena, you know, call it what you will, but it definitely sounds a lot like uh, ufology. And so that opened my interest back up. And there was a, a website, BibleUFO.net, put together by Patrick Cook. And it was thousands of pages and, and articles and historic encounters, man, about ufology and about sightings and, and, and tying scriptures back to it. So that opened me up to just start looking into it. And I found a guy named Prophet Yahweh. And this is an older video. And this was a guy who went out and the news crew followed him in, in Los Angeles to an open field. And he said he can summon UFOs on command. And when he spoke about this, he said that they were the angels of the Bible. And he learned how to do it by reading the Hebraic version of the Old Testament. And when I watched that video and I seen him do it and these things appeared in, in the 
sky during the day and all of the news crew were astonished, like something shifted in me with my studies and seeing that. So I started going out by myself um, at three in the morning, four in the morning, five. And I would, man, for, for probably a good year, but it was a couple months where I wanted to go out and, and see if this was real. And I wanted to see if, if uh, they were the angels and I would be in prayer and meditation and I would fast and, and I would ask God and I would almost beg God, like if they are out there, if these are your angels, if they are the seraphim and the cherubim and these, these beings that watch over humanity, please allow me to see them. And I started having encounters. I started seeing stars open up and vehicles and lights come out of stars. Uh, things fly across the sky that look like stars or lights in the sky that would just stop on a dime and stay there for hours. They would switch places. They would play tag. And so I started, it started, it started changing me, man. And I started um, believing that heaven and that the angelic realm were, were not just these theories, but that they existed um, somewhere beyond the stars and that they travel back and forth from heaven to earth, like it says in the Bible. So it made it more real for me versus, you know, some kind of theory or something that happens when you die that you get to meet or see the angels or even heaven being a, a literal place beyond the star. So that research and those experiences that continued to happen changed everything for me, man. I started putting that stuff in my music. You know, I started talking about the cherubim and the seraphim and they traveled through stars and, and all of this in my music. So you could see, you know, how the church realm and me being a Christian rapper when they hear that stuff, like, yes, you got, we got to stay away from this guy because <laughs> hands down the church realm would uh, equate ufology and, and that with fallen angels and demons and all of that. But my research has shown me quite the opposite. So tell me if I got this right. What you're, what you're saying is you don't see the craft as crafts. You, you see them as living beings, as angels. The majority. Now, I have seen also, you know, the uh, cigar shape things that look like craft as well. Yeah. Um, so I, I've seen, I've seen so much, but yeah, for the most part, they would be fire in the sky. They would be like morphing energy, changing shapes and colors and stuff like that. So the majority of what I've seen are, are something that, that looks like it's alive actually in the sky for sure. But, but as far as what we call nuts and bolts craft and stuff like that, I've seen very, very similar things as far as the um, just silver cylinders and uh, cigar ships as well. And they, they communicate telepathically, man. You see them and there's something that's implanted in your consciousness, like they're communicating with you. Yeah, see, when, when I read that, I, I, one, I wanted to ask you to make sure that I was understanding you correctly. Yeah. Two, I want to see how you, how you, would you, last year we were supposed to get disclosure. We got three pages of it. Not, I don't think it's really disclosure. <laughs> but when, uh, when, I won't call it disclosure, when first contact, not by some government or, or some world global entity, but. They just come on their own and say, hey, we're here. Here we are. I mean, I mean, how are you going to see that when they do come down here and say, hey, we've been here all along? Yeah, I don't I don't know if it'll ever be like a formal thing. And so from my understanding, like I, I feel like whatever the government tells you when they say, hey, they're here, whatever they tell you, obviously, I'm going to believe the, the opposite. Yeah. So whether this good or bad thing happens, if they tell me they're good, I'm going to say they're bad. If they tell me they're bad, I'm going to believe they're good. I'm just, I'm not going to trust whatever comes from them because when people can go out and have their own encounters and literally the CE5 initiative contact of the fifth kind where somebody like myself or anybody, I'm not special or 
you know, a prophet or some anybody can go out if you're out there long enough and you want to see it, you can you can have encounters and start seeing stuff that's literally been out there the, your entire life. All you had to do was stop and look up and stop being preoccupied with the things of the world and focus on the things above and you can see them. So I think that that's where disclosure comes. You know, it's coming from the, the people actually having their own encounters and, and experiences. And I think they've been here since we were primitive. You know, they've been here since we were figuring out what fire is. And, and I think that they're watching over humanity and, and, and they beckon us to, uh, to evolve and to ascend and, and take our place back amongst the stars, honestly. Yeah, it, I think after, especially after the last couple of years, uh, everybody's with you. Anything that comes from the government, we're not, we're, we're going <laughs> to yeah. do the opposite. We're not yeah. going to believe them. I, I, man, I may renounce my work, everything I've done. <laughs> if the government comes out and says, hey, they are good, everyone. Don't be scared. I'm like, okay, we're in trouble, guys. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so let's wrap up with uh, tell, tell them uh, if, if you know, if you can, what do you have planned for the rest of the year for 2022? Um, man, just to continue doing what I'm doing, um, just, you know, engaging conversation, engaging, um, spiritual exploration with, uh, through, you know, music and through the arts and through, um, writings and videos and, and hopefully more books and stuff like that. So just continuing and doing what I'm doing right now, you know, hopefully we can open up more avenues to do stuff in the physical and conferences and, and meetings and stuff like that. We do um, um, retreats and stuff like that, which people travel from all over the U S to be a part of. And it's just, it's amazing. You know, we do take advantage of the internet and, and the world is at our fingertips with, you know, podcasts and stuff like this, but meeting up in, in the physical in the flesh has, has been amazing. So hopefully more of that as well. Yeah. See, that's an example of, cause I, I always hear a lot of people saying the internet's the downfall of humanity. I say, yeah, I see it as a tool. How you use it is, is what it is. And you, as you're, as you're showing, you're using it for good. So yeah, good good job on that. So um, tell everybody website, social media, everywhere they can follow your music and everything that you do. For sure, man. Thank you for having me. It means the world. Thank you so much. Um, anybody's interested, you can go to my website, truthseeker.com, truth, S-E-E-K-A-H.com. I'm pretty much on all the social media platforms. So if you just type in my name, Truth Seeker on there, you can find me on YouTube, Spotify, my music, my meditations, my music videos, and uh, all that cool stuff. Instagram, all of it, Truth Seeker. Check me out. Yeah, and I've got it all linked up on the show description. So, Truth Seeker, thanks a lot for coming on. A pleasure. You are welcome back on the show anytime and continue your positive work. Thank you, brother. Okay, so for all of you, next week, it's going to be an interesting episode. How many of you have heard about the American Stonehenge? Well, you got a week to look it up and find out what I'm talking about. But otherwise, just hold on. Next Friday. I will introduce you to what many believe are the Ten Commandments of the elites of the New World Order. That'll be next week. Everybody have a great weekend. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you next week for a new perception. And that on the paranormal was Paranormal Perception. The views and opinions heard on Paranormal Perception are those of the guests and hosts of the show. Factual statements are accompanied by backing data, articles or other corroborating materials, either stated on the show or included in the show description. Any views or opinions expressed on the show are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company or individual. 
New episodes every Friday. Visit ParanormalPerception.show to listen. At Paraperception1 on Twitter. At ParanormalPerception2 on Instagram. Paranormal Perception with Henry San Miguel. Paranormal Perception was produced by 22 Creations Multimedia, LLC.